Good evening and welcome to Colorado Inside Out. I'm your guest host, Krista Kafer, Sunday columnist with the Denver Post. We're at my favorite bookshop here at the Tattered Cover. Tonight, we're joined by Patricia Calhoun, founder and editor of Westward, Eric Sonderman, columnist for the Gazette and ColoradoPolitics.com, Michelle Ling, president of Novitas Communications, and Sean Walsh of Sean Walsh Consulting. Let's get started. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold mistakenly sent postcards to about 30,000 non-citizens, encouraging them to register to vote. Will the mistake hurt her this next re-election, or will it bolster the election conspiracy theorists' claims? Patricia, what do you think? I think both is going to happen. Every time there's an election, there is some blunder, whether it's on a city a ballot, a state ballot, county ballot. Why they don't hire proofreaders, I'll never know. You know, how much money you have to put, how many stamps you have to put on. It's always screwed up. Denver just had a problem with their Spanish version of the Blue Book, which, whatever it's called in Denver, where they had typos and they repeated sections. And you're like, why don't people hire proofreaders? There's a reason they exist. And are, are you going to sue the consultant who helped you do that? But in this case, 30,000 postcards sent to people who are not going to be eligible to vote, suggesting that they're eligible to vote. There are safeguards in place that if anyone goes and tries to vote, tries to register after this, they're not going to be able to. But why are we sending 30,000 postcards by accident to the wrong people? So Jenna wasn't the one doing the licking and sticking, but it's her office. She should have kept an eye on it. Eric, this is the second mistake coming from this office. There was a mistake of similar, not quite the magnitude back in 2020. Does this give fodder to her opponent? Of course it gives fodder to her opponent. They had a debate last night, Pam Anderson, the Republican candidate, and Jenna Griswold. And of course, Pam went after her. Uh, gaffes happen, blunt, to use Patty's word, blunders happen. Um, but they seem to happen repeatedly here, and ultimately it, uh, the person in charge has to take responsibility. I noted that the postcards that erroneously went out had Jenna's name on it. It was all very personalized from Jenna. Then when they had to send the correction postcard out, Jenna was nowhere to be found on the correction postcard, which leads you to think that, you know, yes, there's some politics being played here. The sad thing is, as your question indicated, Krista, it does feed into this narrative. I think it's a false narrative and a dangerous narrative, but it is a narrative nonetheless, and it feeds that narrative that something is wrong or broken or precarious in our election system. Well said. Michelle, as he was saying that there is a problem with conspiracy theorists and they could actually use this as evidence of their claims. What do you think? Let's be real. Um, Jenna Greswold doesn't need conspiracy theorists to lose her election and uh, frankly, conspiracy theorists don't need Jenna Griswold to ignite their concerns. Um, you know, I'm not sure what's going on over there. They, they, do, they do seem to have a lot of blunders. I think, you know, it, we really want to see, not see as much of our secretaries of state. They're, they're best not seen, not heard, perhaps. Um, you know, bring back boring. Bring back boring. I like that. So we do have a good election system here in Colorado. When you look at both of the platforms of the of the incumbent and also of Pam Anderson, what do you think is going to happen next? Well, I think you know the, there was a debate, as, as Eric pointed out. I think Pam made uh, some nice points. I think there was a very not so subtle dig at Jenna that, that really wasn't laid at Jenna's feet, but rather, that, rather the staff turnover that she's had. I'm not sure if uh, it was a different staff <clears throat> in a in a previous. Um, for the previous era, but she's had something like three chiefs of staff and 
two different legislators. She's a, the point uh, that, that Pam was trying to make was that Jenna is a difficult person to, to work for and maybe that led to the problem. Speaking of elections, Kevin Priola, as a Denver judge, has ordered a halt to the effort to recall this senator. It was launched a month ago when the legislator switched from Republican to Democrat. Recall advocates plan to appeal, but what was, it, what was the court's reasoning and how does this impact Republicans' chances come election day? Eric. Well, I'm not an attorney, and I think it's a rare occasion that we don't have an attorney on the panel tonight. We ought to be able to drink to that. Uh, but I don't, the common denominator of the first question and this question is Jenna Griswold. It was Jenna Griswold's decision as to what district, whether it was the old district of Kevin Priola's or the new district in which this recall would be conducted. Uh, I happen to think she made the wrong decision in that case. That's a non-legal opinion in my case. But the people who elected Priola should be the ones who decide on whether to recall him or not. She went in a different direction. She, Jenna Griswold. It has not been a good week. Let's be clear about that for our incumbent Secretary of State. But on the flip side of that, it's been a great week because she's all over the airwaves with warm and fuzzy ads. And Pam Anderson is not on the airwaves. And that's probably the real factor uh, that matters here. But I think the decision by Judge Moses in Denver was the correct decision that uh, the voters who elected a candidate, uh, an office holder, um, the voters of that district should be the ones recalling them, not the voters of some new district that has not yet taken effect. The inability to get that recall before, uh, some, you know, before the end of this year definitely makes it a little bit more difficult for Republicans to take the Senate, which of course is their aim. What do you think, Michelle? You know, I think Republicans are energized um, by by a lot of the overreach from the Democratic Party. Um, <clears throat> I have less concern about Priola's um, impact on the election, but it'll be interesting to see how it tips this, the Senate. Um, you know, clearly there are a lot of people spending a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of political capital trying to, you know, help him with his recall effort. And I just have to ask why? I mean, he's kind of the Michael Scott of Colorado politics. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what it is. I, I just, I think that, um, you know, I think that Republicans are probably gonna have a decent year. Do you concur, Sean? Yes, listen, I mean, we were, we Republicans were looking at maybe uh, turning four seats and take, uh, three seats and taking the Senate. Now with Kevin Priola's conversion, it's gonna, it's gonna take, it's a, it's a steeper climb. I don't think that this issue has implications outside of Kevin Priola's Senate district. I don't think this is something that's gonna excite. I mean, uh, the party doesn't like it when, uh, you know, people who were uh, given a lot of money, as Kevin was, strongly supported by the par a party when he ran in 2016 and again in 2020, when they, when they turned. Kevin's voted with the Democrats a lot. Uh, it was just kind of a knife in the back. And to do so with kind of under this cloak of bipartisanship, which everyone knows, if we really want bipartisanship in the legislature, one house should be Republican, the other Democrat. That way, uh, you know, much less gets done, which I think is better for the taxpayers. One thing that's figuring strongly in this election is the issue of crime. And it turns out now that Denver is number one in porch package theft. It's also number one in car theft. Uh, so far this year, so many cars and so many packages have been stolen. Um, how did Denver get to this point? And will escalating crime impact the election? Michelle. 
You know, I think Republicans are really hoping that this impacts the election. Um, I, I think that some of the, they can point to some of the policies from the left that have maybe caused some of this. Um, but, you know, I think we are in a perfect storm here. We're transitioning from what some would call a cow town and into a big city. Um, and, you know, frankly, we have fewer police officers. It's harder to retain them. We have um, people need to sort of recognize that they can't maybe leave their bikes on the front porch anymore because I had mine stolen um, in Denver. And, you know, I, I think that there's a lot. Of, and, you know, we're getting more packages during COVID. People really wanted, you know, stuff to do. And it, Amazon was happy to oblige. So I think that there's also a lot, just a lot more packages, too. A lot more opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the Denver City Council has allotted extra money this time around for more police, for bonuses, for uh, people working in the jails and so forth. Is it too little too late or do you think voters will say, hey, they're on the job? No, listen, I think the damage is done. I think the legislature in the moment of the riots and the demonstrations during COVID, I think, you know, they were acting, I think, in the moment, what the moment demanded. But when you legislate in haste, when you don't uh, do uh, pay attention to due process, when you don't take public testimony, um, things will rush through. And I think now we're, we're suffering the consequences. This, this starts with policy. And I think a lot of this gets laid at the feet of legislators and uh, in the city and county building. So hand-wringing over crime, too much, Patty? Well, I have to say, first of all, a porch pirate stuck my, uh, stole my ability to talk about Kevin Priola. So we'll just say <laughs> he's going to win. It's all postponed. It's much ado about nothing at this point. Crime, let's remember some of the other bills that came through at that time. Having to wear body cameras, look at what a difference that is going to make in a lot of cases where you actually may be able to see what really happened. And we're already seeing the ramifications of that. Some good for the police officers, some bad for the police officers, but getting much closer to what reality is there. So that's good. I think the pa uh, passing liability that officers can be held liable for their actions is also important because if an officer is, as we've seen from the cases that have gone through so far, if the officers are following policy, they're not gonna be held liable ultimately. But I think that's important. So porch pirates, um, I love the days when you know people had the fake packages that you'd open them and snakes would jump up. <laughs> I guess we all got over that during COVID, but uh, it's happening everywhere in the country and you just have to figure out how to get around it. I have to admit, I love the idea of snakes in a package. Uh, what do you think, Erica? Overblown, much about nothing, or something that will really impact the election? Well, I think it's great that Colorado finally has something to brag about. We can't brag about football between the Broncos, CU, CFU. That's a dumpster fire uh, between the three of them. But we can brag that uh, as a state, we lead the country in auto theft. As a city, we now lead the country in porch piracy. So. There are bragging rights. Uh, obviously, some needs to be done, and there needs to be a public policy response. Michelle and Sean are absolutely right. The Republicans are hoping to ride this issue and ride it hard, and we'll see in not that many weeks from now how successful that is. But um, there, there, there needs to be a public policy response. Colorado should not be number one in any of these factors. The demographics of the state don't indicate that that's who we are. The tradition of the state doesn't indicate that's who we are, but it is who we are at the moment. As Patty alluded, uh, uh, 
this particular hot topic did steal your answer away about Kevin Priola. So I did want to return to uh, your, your thoughts on that as well as your thoughts, Eric. Oh, well, Kevin, I have to say it's a fascinating thing that he moved when he did. Uh, we remember the outrage when Ben Nighy Horse Campbell went the other direction. So at a certain point, it looks cynical. It will probably definitely help the Democrats keep the Senate, but I think he's a better fit in the Democratic Party now. So made sense. Thanks, Patty. Um, let's talk a little bit about water. Uh, Denver water rates are going to go up the first of this year, and the drought that has been lingering will continue to linger. In fact, as the West continues to grow and es escalate in population and rain and snow gets a little more scarce, the, uh, the water is becoming a, a really significant issue. Now that the Colorado River Compact is turning 100 years old, do things need to change? Sean. Yeah, I mean, Denver Water is raising rates for the second time in, in two years. I mean, water rates are going up. I think it's not significant enough. I think people are willing to pay at those rates for safe and clean water supply. The money will go to important issues like uh, lead pipes and water storage. Um, but listen, uh, energy prices are going up too. Um, if you live in Denver, you're going to start paying for trash while composting and recycling are still free. So I think a lot of it is trying to influence um, influence consumer behavior around what you know the things they pay for, and whether it's Denver Water or Excel Energy, or or the City of Denver raising the price of something means that people will use it less, and I think that's kind of the point here. Um, the Colorado Water uh, the Colorado River Water Compact that you mentioned that's 100 years old actually was created in a very wet year, uh, 17 million acres of water it was producing, and now it's down to 12. And experts say it has to be cut another two to four. Um, so uh, conservation, I don't think there's any reason for panic. Uh, conservation and, and I think uh, some flexibility, some political will of course is needed, but I think we're gonna get to where we need to be. Well, I think uh, the folks that rely on Lake Mead and Lake Powell may be panicking as those reservoirs are down to 27% capacity. Do we need to change something with this river compact to, uh, to, to make it better in sync with today's conditions? Well, we've certainly seen that effort already coming out by the feds. If you're in Arizona or you're in Nevada, if you're in California, you see what's happening with farmers there, that um, they're being paid now to use less water. There is a real problem downstream. Now, fortunately, we're here in Colorado. Colorado, but we're going to see it too, and we will see that we are going to have to ration water more. I have to say Denver Water in general has been the most efficient in telling you to use less water and rewarding you by not charging much more. The Excel, like getting ca capturing your thermostat, not as exciting. So if we suddenly see that Denver Water is capturing our sprinklers or the flow in our showers, people may not be as happy. And Sean's also right. We're going to be paying for trash, maybe. How about sidewalks in Denver? People at a certain point with inflation are not going to be happy to keep adding costs for services. No, Patty is right. We have gotten better as a city in, in conserving our water, cutting down on huge fields of grass, for example. But the major part of water is being taken by agriculture. In fact, 90% in this state is used in agriculture. Are there some changes that need to be happening there? You're dead on right, uh, Krista. Agriculture is the, I mean, it's the 800-pound gorilla, and it's great to zero-scape, and it's great to take shorter showers, and all the other conservation measures that are possible. But until you address that, that, that big 
agri-gorilla, which is agriculture, and it has to be addressed, and it is being addressed in some forms um, that, to make it less water uh, consumptive, and I'm certainly not an expert in that regard. I was fortunate to attend a seminar a few weeks back um, that was organized by Stephanie Donner, who's a new member of the Denver Water Board, and uh, her, her co uh, colleague in this was Holly Velasquez from, Bacel, excuse me, from Excel Energy, and they put on a, a series of seminars uh, to really explain the water challenge facing the state and the Colorado River Compact. The compact was premised on the Colorado River providing 15 million acre feet of water. As Sean indicated, we're now down to 12, and the projections are that it could flatten out already at 9 million acre feet. That's 60% of what the premise is. Uh, obviously, that's going to cause a reaction in those downstream states in Las Vegas and Phoenix, in the Los Angeles basin, et cetera. But there's so many people there and people equal votes and it's going to have a ripple effect on Colorado and the upstream states. I think it is the, speaking of 800 pound gorillas, as political issues go, water is the 800 pound gorilla of political issues in this state over the next 20 years and how that gets resolved. Eric is right, the, the lower basin has really taken the hit. At what point does the upper basin start to shoulder our responsibility? What do you see going forward, Michelle? You know, <clears throat> Um, I have to say, you know, I pay, so I would kill for Denver water prices. I live in Douglas County and um, I pay several hundred dollars a month just to prevent forest fires um, <laughs> in my front yard. And so um, I don't even get green lawn, just moderately brown. Um, and so, you know, at some point, these water prices are really going to start affecting uh, people, you know, who are sort of on the, on the bubble, right? People who maybe are just affording their rent or just affording their mortgage um, at some point. You know, candidly, I just think we need a new deal. Um, it, this isn't working. And I think we need a new deal. There's a lot of stop uh, gap measures, but I think that this was in a different time and it's time to move on. And now it's time for our absolute favorite part of the week, disgrace of the week, and also an opportunity to say something nice. Let's talk about disgraces. And I'll tell you what, I'm gonna give you a chance to do two back to back. Patty. Two disgraces? Yes. I'm going to throw two disgraces together. We see what just happened with Alex Jones, the judgment. We see what is going on with the shootings down in Florida and Parkland and the fact that he is not going to be sentenced to life. I mean, he's sentenced to life. He's not going to be put to death. But the ongoing school shooting tragedies are incredible. And you hear there are always references to Columbine come up in all of these so that we as Colorado number one in auto thefts, number one in school shooting memories. It is just a bad tie. But to go back to Alex Jones, you can be held accountable for what you say. The First Amendment is not absolute. I think we're all safe on this show tonight. I don't think any of us are going to be paying a billion dollars like Alex Jones. But you see the Dominion lawsuits that are continuing on because you know what? You can't just say anything without proof when it's demonstrably false. Yes, lies are out, right? Truth is in, let's hope. Uh, Eric, your disgraces of the week. Well, God bless you, Krista. I've often thought we should do a whole show of disgraces <laughs> of the week. There, there, there's some weeks when that's uh, the, the top of mind. Uh, you want to? Kanye West, 
or I guess is now, is it just Ya or how, however you pronounce his name, that goes without saying. I mean, the, the anti-Semitism there is not even thinly veiled. It's just blatantly and out in the open. Uh, secondly, uh, it pains me to do this, but State Board of Education member Steve Durham from Colorado Springs, who is on this campaign, on this kick now, that um, we shouldn't be teaching about the Holocaust and we shouldn't be referring quote unquote to Nazis because the focus needs to be on socialism. And it's now become one more political football in the education wars because the Nazi party was technically the National Socialist German Workers Party. And he wants to use this to focus on the evils of socialism where there's no argument about but sometimes that's a stretch too far, and let's keep the eye on the Holocaust uh, and uh, the unbelievable evil that that entailed. Michelle, who's been behaving badly? Oh boy, who hasn't? Um, first and foremost, I, I always think of um, inflation numbers as the big villain of our, um, our society right now. But there's a late breaking story. I don't know if it's true, but there, if any of these elements are true, it deserves disgrace of the week. So Adam Frisch, a Democrat from Congressional District 3, apparently rolled up to a date with someone who is not his wife on a like a 10-speed bike. I, I assume he was like a 40-something-year-old man. Apparently they had a rendezvous in a storage unit, and then somebody blackmailed him to change his vote on a key transportation initiative. Um, because of this information. So if any of those are true, disgrace of the week. <laughs> yeah, but you or know the- Or billion dollar lawsuit. Or billion dollar lawsuit. That's true. <laughs> but you know how, how expensive housing is and hotels are up in Aspen, so, you know. I mean, Aspen has some very nice lodging. <laughs> so maybe the storage unit, I mean, it's so a little maybe, cheaper. So maybe his paramour, you know, is, is the one who we deserve to give her a little love because she deserves better than a storage unit. Sean, your disgrace of the week. Well, out of respect for our host, who is a tree, shrub, and weed nerd, I, am. I have a very in, uh, a personal story. A friend uh, and I, we renovated a, uh, modest, a very modest duplex in Golden Triangle. Uh, we planted uh, an autumn maple, an autumn blaze mm -hmm. in, the, in the right of way. Uh, and then we got a little sign hung on the tree about a year later that said, don't you realize that your luxury condo you're building is destroying the luxury condo, destroying the character of our neighborhood? Mm. Um, over time, so and I, I'm it's it's the person that hung that note. Over time, started stripping the bark <gasps> off of this poor tree, and I watched the tree die, and we had to mm. cut it down. And what can be more disgraceful than someone who would kill a tree? How low can you, somebody that's so worked up? about gentrification that they kill a tree. That is disgraceful. Yes. And now time to say something nice. Patty. Well, hard to beat that. And of course, our office is near you. So it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> Camp Hale. I love the whole story behind Camp Hale, that the 10th Mountain Division came out here by Leadville in World War II, where you had the Army our soldiers training how, how to fight in the Alps, in Italy, in winter. And now we are going to find, thanks to Joe Biden, who decided he wasn't waiting for the passage of CORE, named it a national monument, Camp Hale will be preserved. And that's a great memory history for vets, a good move. Eric. Well, ditto Patty, but since he said it, I'll go a different direction. 
Judge Tim Timkovich just stepped down as the Chief Judge of the 10th Circuit, uh, which is based here in Denver. A great guy, he did an honorable job for many years as the head of that circuit court, uh, and job well done. He is a wonderful man. Michelle. Well, I'm going to go something closer to home. Um, I want to give a big shout out to the Castle Rock Raptors. They were having a Denver Broncos-esque season. Just wasn't quite, you know, just, just a little bit off every game. And they finally pulled through on Saturday with a total shutout. Um, so congratulations to them, fourth grade Raptors. And um, Broncos, it is your turn. Sean, what's something nice you can say? I want to say something nice about politicians. I want to single out uh, Treasurer Dave Young, uh, his Republican opponent, Lang Sias, um, Jenna Griswold, and her opponent, Pam Anderson. Uh, they performed in their debates. They comported themselves with dignity. Uh, the the uh, Corbell School of International Studies hosted these debates. The moderators did great. It was an honest-to-goodness debate, uh, and the I think uh, uh, they did so well, I think it's going to ruin the stain of the 2020, uh, finally erase the stain, rather, of the 2020 presidential debates. Well, I'm going to take a little bit of uh, a license as a moderator and give my own say something nice. I want to say thank you to the whole team here of PBS 12 who are making this very, this very special night possible. Uh, you can't see them, but they're here behind the scenes doing wonderful work. And I also want to thank the Tattered Cover because the Tattered Cover is a wonderful kind of iconic bookstore here in Denver. I remember going back when I was in high school, which was, you know, only about, what, 10, 12 years ago? Ha ha ha, several decades, but it has been wonderful and wonderful to be here tonight. So thank you so much to the Tattered Cover for allowing us to stay. Here's the exciting thing though. Next time you see Colorado Inside Out, you're going to see a brand new set. And I am hearing, and I'm hearing this from all the folks that are in the behind the stage here, that it is one beautiful set. We also have a new host coming up, Kyle Dyer. You might recognize that name for all of her wonderful years spent on Nine News. She will be the host of Colorado Inside Out. We'll also be debuting a podcast. And when you hear this voice again, it just might be on that podcast. I also want to thank everyone here tonight, Patty, Eric, Michelle, and Sean, and also all of the folks that we have here on Colorado Inside Out. You see, uh, we're gonna be making some changes. Kyle's gonna be coming to the helm and we're gonna have a beautiful new set. But one thing that is gonna stay the, stay the same is the wonderful panelists that we have inside and out every day, every day that we film Colorado Inside Out, we have this kind of amazing expertise. And I also wanna thank you, the, the people who listen to this, our wonderful, wonderful audience for tuning in either on YouTube, tuning in on Channel 12, or tuning in through our other venues. You have a chance to listen to us. And I tell you what, um, it is because of you, it is because of your support, the fact that you watch us, the fact that you contribute to this as contributors, it makes Colorado Inside out possible. With that, I want to say have an absolutely wonderful night and uh, we'll see you next time.